Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Les Kaiser, and Jonathan Green. It's the fastest hour on the radio, Speed City. Good evening, gearheads. Welcome to Speed City. This is John Massengill sitting in studio with Jonathan Green. Yabba-dabba-doo. And Mr. Les Kaiser. Howdy. Oh, man, we are excited for tonight's show. We have some great guests. We got a good show. This will be our final show of 2018 to wrap up our seventh year, boys. That's weird, isn't it? Oh, Hard yeah. Hard to think of that. Seven years. Wow. Seven years, yep. Casey's still with us. That's amazing. <laughs> that is the most amazing thing. Our producer. Hey, let me, <laughs> let me run out what we got on the show because we have the the founder and chairman of Circuit of the Americas, Bobby Epstein, coming on here in just a few minutes. With some nice nice Christmas um, <laughs> Christmas news. Yeah, they got a Christmas present this week. And we have a young, a following in our Young Driver series like we've been doing since the day we opened the doors here. We have a driver, Cameron Doss. This guy's the real deal from, where's he from? From Baltimore, Baltimore Maryland. Yep. Yeah, young American driver, and man, he's got a he's got a great history, and and, and we also have we got a guy from the Super Lap Battle USA coming oh, yeah. on. That is, they're, they're going to do a little sponsoring of the show, but this is a really cool deal. They run out at Coda. Oh yeah, I can't wait for it. This is the first time Coda has uh, been a destination for this series, and uh, the first time. It's free for everybody to come out and watch this. It's a very cool series. You'll have to check it out. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk more about it later. Yeah, we'll talk about him. He's going to come on live uh, last segment of the show. But, you know, I think let's let's set up Cameron Doss because we're going to go into Bobby here in a few minutes. But let's talk about Cameron Doss because when we bring him on, I want to ha- have our audience have a little background on this guy because he's, what, just now 18 years old. Yep. And, but he's got a fantastic background. Yeah, he was the first ever Formula 4 uh, American champion at 16. Uh, so he flew the flag early on and, and so therefore hit the radar early on. And then, um, you know, um, sort of had that fork in the road like a lot of people do, especially young Americans. You know, where do I want to be? Uh, and he chose the Formula 1 route. So, you know, of all the drivers we've had on that have said, yeah, I'd love to be a Formula 1 driver, this guy believes in his heart of hearts and, and the fact that he moved to Europe, um, that he can do it. And he's going to be at the Toyota Racing Series this year. Um, and I, I'm really looking forward to it. He's one of three Americans. Um, and I, I, you know, I really do, you know, rate his chances. He's definitely going to be one of the favorites down there. He's got a lot of international experience now, both uh, in England with Carlin in Formula 3 and also at the Euro European uh, Euro Formula Series, which is basically uh, the first real major international series for single-seaters in Europe. Well, think of this a young American. with I mean, he says it right on his website. If you ask him, he wants to be a Formula 1 champion. Right. And for him to start in the USF4, win that, I think he won the last eight races of the season when he won that in 16. Yeah, he did. But the fact that he's going to the British Formula 3, to the Euro, I mean, the, that he's going to Europe, that he, that's it's very crystal clear on his goal. Absolutely. And, you know, we talk about it, and we wish we had more drivers like that here in the U.S., but it takes going international at an early spot in your career trajectory to succeed. 
because the competition is not here. They have to do that. They have to get out, spread their wings, leave home. Yeah. Yeah. And well, that's what Rossi did. Yeah. And that's exactly. what it takes. And also, he went to the Toyota Racing Series. Um, and, well, and he'll be there this year. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That was, and Jonathan will be there calling those races. Hey, exactly. So I'll, we'll, I'll, I'll get up. You know, basically, I'll get a good insight. I, I, that's what I love about the Toyota Racing Series. We get it's five really intense weeks, but we are wheel to wheel and face to face, as it were. Because every time there's a practice session, every time um, they come off the track, you know, I get a, I get a chance to either talk to them or their engineer, uh, and I love it because yeah. um, you know you really do get to see these guys being pushed through through their paces, but also seeing how they handle the pressure because every race counts. Yeah. Well, guys, I want to just reflect a little bit on 2018 because, like I said earlier, we, the seventh year for us, and we started our in 2018. We started our Formula One pre and post race um, <laughs> national shows, which was such an exciting contract for us, which we've renewed. We're going to be doing that again. So check out our website to see all the details of when and where that broadcast is at SpeedCityBroadcast.com. And we're looking at we're also looking at kind of freshening up our our look and things like that for 2019. So we're working on some things. I I, I just got a really good feeling about 19 as a motor racing year. I, I, there's a lot of good things. There's a lot of changes in Formula One, both uh, aesthetically and uh, in terms of driver changes. The the pairings, are particularly, I'm I'm looking forward to. As I've said before, I think the 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 main protagonist won't change. Um, it'll be Mercedes against Ferrari again, and Red Bull will will be there, but thereabouts. But I, I I've got a feeling that there's going to be a lot more too, and a lot more intrigue, especially on the infighting between the the new teammates. Yeah, that 2019 along that same yeah. theme. Les, what were you going to say? Well, I it, the other part of it is in the next two years, you're going to see. I think there are eight contracts for races. That will be up for renewal. Oh, it's Formula good point. One, yeah, yeah, that's a very good Formula point. One. So we're going to be able to, you know, think of think of the coach that you know moved in, and all the team players were given to him already. Well, here's the chance to see what Liberty Media is really going to do with their business yeah, model. Very good point. Actually, a very good point. And yeah. be able to work because they inherited these contracts. You know, Circuit of the Americas. We got another couple of years here. They'll probably start talking, and you know, honestly, by you know, Circuit of the Americas is in a real good spot if you think business-wise. Yeah. And that's because they're going to see what these other, like I said, I, I want to say it was six or eight tracks are going to go through in their Before negotiation. Before they have to do theirs. Yeah. And so they don't have to be the first one to dive in. They get the opportunity to watch to see how everybody else dives in and handles it and, also, and then work with it. I, and I think it's going to be a benefit uh, for everyone to get the opportunity to work with Liberty Media in this contract phase. And they need to work hard because, you know, we, we, we mocked a little bit last week, uh, Formula E, only because of the, no the noise, but um, they have made huge inroads um, because of their saturation into the street circuits and going to some major capitals and some fairly obscure ones too. Um, but it's a worry for Formula One because they've, you know, there's some major, major players, major, major manufacturers. They're in the cities, which is where Liberty want to be, certainly in the United States. Uh, as I said before, you know, no one's going to build another circuit of the Americas anytime soon, or it'd be interesting to see somebody try. But I mean, it's so good that, um, it, you know, the, the next step is is clearly a street race. You wouldn't want to go anywhere else. Well, talking about 20, all these things, that's a good segue for me because 20, right now I say 2019, but we're right in the middle of this amazing change in the automobile. 
Yeah, yeah. Because you know we've had been internal combustion for a hundred and something years now, and it is happening. It's going electric one way or the other. And if you'd uh, ask me, autonomous. yeah, and autonomous. And if you'd ask me before the Tesla Roadster, the new one was announced, what's the ultimate performance car and what's it going to be? I would have said hybrid, nine nineteen, McLaren P one, um, uh, La, I mean. Uh, uh, La Ferrari, so all those being the ultimate performance car, where you've got the torque and instant power of electric plus an amazing big internal combustion engine. But I don't know. I mean, the Tesla Roadster is the the specs are phenomenal. So I don't know what we don't know what our our next supercar is going to look like. So it's really a fascinating time to to think about this. All right, guys. Well, let's go ahead and take our first break because when we come back, we're going to have our first guest, Cameron Doss. American race car driver on the show. Stick with us through the break. You listen to Speed City live in Austin. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers. The best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at DucatiAustin.com. Hey, beer people, it's Christine Sellers. And I'm Daytona. Sellers Brewery is back in Austin and brewing again. Oh, Sellers does it ring a bell for some of you? Well, for the last 17 years, we've been crafting the perfect comeback. We've returned to our roots with Sellers White, a famous local favorite. Plus, we're creating some fresh new brews. And whether it's the first time you've tasted our family's legendary beer, or the millionth, we're thrilled to be back. Swing by your local store, watering hole, or our brewery, and let's catch up over beers. Sellers, Austin's original craft brewery. Talk 1370. I'm Cameron Bovier. I ride for Monster Energy Graves Yamaha, and this is Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. Welcome back to Speed City. We're here live in Austin, Texas. Getting excited for a young driver to come on the show here in just a minute. A little holiday flavor going on. Yeah, a little holiday music for us. You guys going to go to some holiday parties this weekend? Uh, headed out with Robert Earl Keane tonight. Oh, oh that'll yeah. be good. Yeah, that's awesome. The redneck Christmas. I saw Gary Clark Jr. the other week. Ah, oh, that's a, that's a classic. Becoming Texas the new name. Austin Idol. Yeah, Willie, Nel- yeah. Willie Nelson will be throwing his three days worth of partying going on for the holidays coming up on New Year's. Yeah, and man. Uh, gosh, I'm trying to remember who it is on actual New Year's, but uh, anyway, New Year's Day there was a recovery. That's my New Year's concert. resolution is to is to see Willie next year. That's you've never see, seen Willie live. I, I had I, you know, bits and bobs. He came on and did a, a song with his two boys. Were playing, you know, his two sons play with uh, Neil Young. Yeah, yeah. And um, so I I saw him and he and he kind of made an appearance because his sons were in the band anyway. But no, <laughs> I haven't I haven't seen Willie in concert. Uh, well, you've been in Austin for way too, too long, long for yeah, that to happen. All right, guys, we have our first guest calling in, and we're really excited to welcome to the show young American driver Cameron Doss. Cameron, welcome to Speed City. Hey, guys. How's it going? Good. Doing well, welcome back. Merry Christmas. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, Merry Christmas. 
Let's start with what you've been up to because we were just a week, a little, little bit, a few minutes ago, we gave a little bit of an intro to how you, you know, we, we said you're the real deal. You, you, you're one of these young Americans who won here in America, won the Formula Four championship, and then headed off to Europe. Um, and you joined Carlin, very good move, um, you know, in F3, in the British F3. What have you been doing this season and how's it gone? Yeah, so, so this year I did uh, um, Euro Formula Open F3. So it's uh, it's sort of like a Spanish F3 conglomerate of a few different um, national championships, and it races on some really cool tracks like Spa, Monza, um, and a bunch of other Formula One circuits. So wow. it's been really good track knowledge I've gained from this championship, and it's gone really well. I finished uh, fifth in the championship. That's good. So like, explain to me, it's not a Formula Renault, it's a Formula 3 car, right? Yeah, it's the same Delar that they used in international you. F3. Yeah. Fair enough. Oh, it's got to be awesome to race on those tracks and I mean, get an experience on those amazing circuits. Incredible. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're, they're tracks that don't come up in junior formulas all that often unless you're sort of in the, the Formula 2 scene or the GP3 scene. So to, to actually be able to get track time on them is pretty valuable. Well, we were saying before the break while ago, we were talking about how, you know, Jonathan said it, you're the real deal, but it, it is unusual for Americans to to commit and get to Europe because it's... It's I mean, not easy. It's not and easy. It's, not it's cheap. It's expensive. All those things, but you, you got obviously you're taking this really seriously if you're doing those things and doing both of those series in Europe. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. You have to take it seriously. Um, I mean, I knew it was going to be difficult coming from America. I mean, everyone told me that it's going to be hard, but um, that's that's ultimately what I needed to do. I needed to challenge myself, or else I can't be the best driver, the best American driver in the world. Um, so, so I'm glad it's actually been as challenging as everyone said it is, uh, and I've I've learned a lot because of that. So, when you say challenging, was it when you went over? Was the level of competition around you, all the drivers, immediately better? Was it just the? I mean, challenging number one because you're away from home and all that. But what were those challenges? Well, you know, I would say you know talent exists in America as well. It's not like it's only Europeans that are talented. I just say that you know the top five in America in a championship in general will be quite quite good drivers but in europe you might have the top 10 drivers are quite good so it's just it's just more competition not necessarily better competition that's interesting and so how have you settled into europe i mean uh tell us you know tell us what life is like in europe for you yeah so i've lived in england now for the last two years in a, in a town called farnham which is where carlin's been based i know um, it well so <laughs> yes yes it's a nice town it is. Uh, england's a great country and I, I find the people there very welcoming um, even to uh, a Yankee like me. Um, <laughs> but I really enjoyed living there, and I, I really got acclimated to the place. Well, the Brits the do remember that, that you saved us in a war makes- or two, so, you know, <laughs> we're, we're still grateful for that. <laughs> well, Carlin, I mean, look, that's a fantastic name in racing. Uh, you got yeah, to feel brother. good about that relationship. Yeah, it's been very good. Um, they've taught me so much coming to Europe, and they have such good connections to uh, within all the sort of the big championships that are within Europe. So, you know, even when I was in British F3, I had access to, to learn stuff from the, the F3 guys at the time or even the F2 guys. So um, it's really a tight-knit group, uh, and, and they're quite professional. So I've well, enjoyed working with them. Cameron, I'm, I'm going to be with you uh, in New Zealand for the next six weeks, uh, in the coming weeks. I'm really excited for you and the other Americans involved, but everybody who, go, who goes down to New Zealand. Um, tell us a little bit about how that came to be and what are your hopes for that? Yeah, so I mean, I, I did TRS this year in 2018, 
Um, and it was a great experience. I mean, I wasn't, it wasn't something I had planned for and it was just kind of a last minute, uh, thing, but I'm so glad I did it because especially from a race craft craft perspective, I improved tremendously. And that was immediately recognizable in the first race of the Bureau Formula this year. I mean, there's a big jump in racecraft. Um, and I think because, because the, the TRS is done all in five weeks and 15 races and it's sort of nonstop back to back racing, you know, you don't have time to forget about things. Um, especially, you know, when you're, when you're working with the same drivers, you kind of learn how their habits are and you learn to read drivers much quicker. Um, so I, I'm looking forward to doing that again. Uh, but this time I know the tracks, I know the car, so I can really focus on, on doing the little nitty gritty, you know, little hundreds of a second here and there. And will you be with the same team in terms of setup and engineer? No, actually, I'm, I'll be racing with uh, M2 Competition this year. Okay, and now, of course, that for those who don't know, M2 Competition, probably the most successful team uh, in the history, in the 15-year history of the Toyota Racing Series. So a really interesting choice there, and you are going, without a doubt, to win it, aren't you? That's the plan this year, yeah. 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 <laughs> that's the plan well and let's talk about the bigger issue because Toyota like so many series and Formula 3 and so on now offers the ability to win um, FIA uh, super license points so where are you on that scale and what is your hope then um, you know in the next in the next couple of years yeah I'm not sure how many super license points I have but I definitely have 12 or 14 from Formula 4 something like that uh -huh. um, and that's certainly you know that's certainly added value to the series um, ultimately I know if I'm ready for F1, I'll have the points anyway. So it's not like something that's always in the back of my mind. But it is it is good that there's an added reward for this series. Um, but yeah, I think that's that's one of the reasons why you get you're getting some really high level drivers, um, like the most recently announced driver Oliver from from DTM, um, because you know there's added value to the super license aspect. So it's going to make the championship very competitive, and obviously. Um, it's going to attract some really cool drivers. Talking of DTM, I looked at your social media and a certain Jamie Green's name came up. How did you find uh, working with him and what, what's going on with you two there? <laughs> yeah, so, so Jamie's actually been helping me out um, and, and teaching me some... Well, he's been my coach for basically the last uh, uh, six months now. Wow. And he's taught me so, so much from, from really a... Uh, not necessarily like the, the little specifics of driving, but from a mentality perspective. So... Something I didn't really do before was I, I didn't take notes every weekend, and I just sort of relied on my memory. But I realized um, I realized how much added value there is when you write down every little thing, even if it just seems uh, you know incidental and, and like it doesn't really matter. It actually does help uh, from weekend to weekend. Plus, so. you're getting older now. I mean, you're 18 <laughs> now, so you know it's all downhill. Yeah. I mean, you should see the size of my notebook at 52. I can tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Cameron, again, another tick of the box because you're doing all of the right things because, like you said a minute ago, Toyota Racing Series this year, 2018, you go there to get all that experience, to improve your racecraft. You're doing it again. You've been to the two different European series. You're ticking all the boxes, and this is – how are you able to do this, if you don't mind me asking? Well, you know, it just takes a lot of focus, and you can't – you know, I, I still you know focus on my education. I just finished high school now. Um, and I'll be moving on to university at some capacity soon. Um, what are you going to study? Besides, <laughs> I haven't figured that out yet, but I'm, I'm either thinking engineering or finance. That's or a, Yeah, in your game, nice move. Yeah, Those excellent. are the two number one. <laughs> I, would, I would agree. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but, you know, you just kind of have to be focused. I mean, you can't really, 
you know, my friends, most of my friends are in America, um, and I only see them a few times a year, and you kind of have to be willing to make that sacrifice of, you know, you focus on your career more than anything else, but but that's the thing I really want in life, so it's worth the sacrifice. Are you, were you able to get any sponsors, or your family being able to help you to get to the financial side of it? Yeah, I, I do have some sponsors on board for this year, um, and obviously uh, every driver's family helps out in some capacity. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's going very well and, and I have the backing for this year. Well, I remember you were spending a lot of time at the Audubon Speedway cart track. Are, are you still doing that in, in the winter time? Yes, actually pretty much every time when I come home, which <laughs> isn't so often nowadays, but every time I come home, I have to make a trip to Audubon and, and luckily my family moves closer to the airport now since we're in and out so often. Uh, and that just happens to be, uh, only about 20 minutes from the Jessup facility. In Maryland. Okay. How many times have you gone in there and just sandbagged it? <laughs> kept in, throw another name on the board just to go spank somebody there. How, come on. I know you've got to you do know, it. It's actually kind of hard to do that now because they they put my picture up on the wall. So, uh, yeah, whoops. I, I, end up, I end up getting recognized every time. Better there than the post office. All right. <laughs> Cameron, <laughs> let, let me ask yeah. you a tough question, but a serious one. Why is it so important that we get... Uh, an American in F1? Well, you know what? F1 has not been as big as it should be in America. And I think there's a tremendous market for it. Um, you know, I think one of the biggest car industries in the world is in America, or the biggest demand for, for cool cars in America is in America. So I think racing has a place here as well. Um, so for an American to be in F1, that gives the country someone to really rally behind. You see, you know, Finland ra- rallies around uh, their drivers, England rallies around their drivers, and they become influential figures within society. And I think that's lacking in America, but that's because there hasn't been, at least recently, a successful enough driver in Formula One for them to, to get behind. Wow, I think that you couldn't have put that any better. No, I, think, I, I think that's a spot on. And let me ask you a question. Uh, are you the man for that job? You know, I, I think I am. I'm putting in all the effort I can to be that person. Um, so I'm going to give it my best effort. Fantastic. And I'll tell you what, that's great to hear because as you well know, we've got the track. We're here in Austin, Texas. We've got the boss coming on in a minute to tell us about uh, exciting news for uh, you know for Formula One and for Indy coming, of course. Uh, and we've got the team, Haas, uh, who have done a great job. They've punched above their weight for a while, but the, there's no question. There's a missing link, and it is that driver. Yeah, I think it is. I mean, it's great that Haas has, has made that effort and has been there, and I think that has boosted the interest from Americans. But... You know, I think the loyalty within Formula One and within racing in general is more to the driver than the team. So, yeah, I think that's the missing link. So uh, do you have Gene Haas's phone number? (laughs) (laughs) I do not yet, but uh, uh, anyone's willing to give that to me, I'd be much appreciated. I've got an offer for you. If you're doing nothing November 1st uh, and you're not busy, uh, we'd love to have you in the booth to to join us for F1. There you go. If you're not racing. Absolutely. Yeah, if I'm not racing, that's 100%. I'd love to do that. All right, come and join there us, Cameron go. Das. We've had, uh, we've had uh, Kyle Kirkwood. We've had a few others in. but um, That Rossi yeah, kid. Uh, that Rossi yeah. kid came in. Uh, we've had that guy Erickson once came oh, yeah, in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we did have oh, Erickson. Oh, wow. <laughs> hey, no. but we're about to out of time, but i got to ask you one of, our, one of our favorite questions. And <laughs> it says, what do you drive every day, Cameron? You got a cool car or what? What do you got? You know what? I actually I do have a car in England, and I've had it for two years now but I haven't been able to drive it 
because the insurance is a little bit on the pricey side in England, and I didn't realize that when I bought the car. So what is it? Uh, Where is it? (laughs) So with my first, with the prize money I got from Formula 4, Yes. uh, I bought a 2005 BMW M3. Yes! There you go. Dude, you could do Farnham to Hammersmith in about 25 minutes in that. Mm, yeah, yeah, I bet. Oh, uh, yeah, that, that would be fun. that one out yet. <laughs> uh, true, true car guy, his first big check winning, he spends it on a cool car. Quite right. That, yes. Now yeah. I know you've I got one to drive right now. <laughs> yeah, you see, you know what? Well, I'll be you know, there in May, I'm let me borrow miles. it. Say again? I'm not putting miles on it, so it's going gonna, it's gonna to appreciate in value 100%. So, you know, at <laughs> least there's that aspect. Of what it. would your dream car be then? There's so many, to be honest, but I'd say... Oof, right now, Ferrari F40. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice. Can't go wrong with that. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I think uh, I think they're undervalued at the moment. So, what impressed you uh, with Formula One this year? Uh, anything? Uh, anybody in particular, or was it all Hamilton? And what 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 took your fancy this year? Um, you know, I think Hamilton did impress me because I I, I don't think um, I don't think they had the upper hand with the car this year. Mercedes was not the better team this year. Um, and Vettel, Vettel had the opportunity to win the championship, and, and I think Hamilton just outdrove him. Hmm. Um, I agree with that. So, you know, I, it's mistakes. disappointing. On, yeah, I, it, it's more, I'd say Vettel made more mistakes, and that's the reason why Hamilton won. But that just goes to show you how consistent Hamilton could be. Yep. Yep. Good call. Well, Cameron Doss, we really appreciate you coming on the show, and we will be keeping an eye on you. Jonathan will be talking to you down in, in uh, New Zealand, the Toyota Racing Series, and uh, we wish you the best of luck. And hey, folks, and- look out for Cameron Doss. He's number five, I believe. Is he yeah, be number five in? Are you going to be number twenty-eight? In, yeah. uh, in New Zealand. But yeah. go to Cameron's yeah. uh, website. Uh, he's got Facebook. He's got Twitter. He's got all, all of the above. Um, uh, and start following him, guys, because you know, like I've said it before. He's the real deal, and he's doing exactly what he needs to be doing. Yeah, well, Cameron, thanks a lot, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah, thanks for having me on the show, and uh, I look forward to seeing you in New Zealand, Jonathan. All right, I look <laughs> forward to it, too. Merry Christmas, my man. Travel safe, buddy. See you, guys. All right, well, let's go ahead and take a break. And uh, when we come back, the man, the boss at Circuit of the Americas, Bobby Epstein, will join us to talk about some big news, talk about all the events coming up in 19. And uh, we will be back after these messages. All right, we want to welcome back to the show Sean Walker with Haggerty Insurance. Sean, how's it going today? Hey, it's always going well when I'm with Speed City. All right, so what are we going to talk about tonight? Hey, we're going to talk about muscle cars not really gaining in the market right now. Ooh, so uh, hard to believe. Yeah, so muscle's always been tried and true, but they're not surging ahead like they've been doing. They're not necessarily losing, but they're not uh, they're not surging. Yeah, right. let's talk about that that rating that Haggerty has on their valuation tool online. It is it's a rating scale up to 100, but it's it's not about the collectability. It's about where it is and the momentum in the market. Right. So the um, scale that we're talking about here is a 100-point scale. Um, if you're at a 50, you're mirroring the market. So if you're above 50, you're doing better than the market. If you're below 50, you're, doing, uh, you're lagging behind the market. And all these cars are in the, top, are in the bottom 25. So what's there. that mean to somebody that's shopping? So that means that it's, uh, it's not appreciating very quickly. It's, it may not be losing. 
um, but it's not appreciating at the same rate that the market's yeah. appreciating. Don't look at it as a, a big investment. Right, Expecting right. a quick turnaround. Uh, but this this is nothing to say about the collectability of these cars. A, a top car can end up in the bottom 25, like the second-gen GTO that we've got in the bottom of our 25. That's a very, very popular car. Oh, yeah. Um, it, oh, is, yeah. it is not a dog by any means, but it's in our bottom 25. Hmm. So yeah. here's why. You know, it, it surged ahead of the rest of its counterparts. So it got to be more valuable than everything else, and now it's um, it's it's not surging anymore, and its counterparts are catching up to it. Yeah, and that makes sense. I mean, it, it, all all cars are going to have that, and when they reach a certain age, they're going to go up and down and flow with the market. We've all seen it. Cars get really expensive, and then all of a sudden, you look up and they're softened in the market. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, and some of these cars are iconic, like sixty-five to the seventy Shelby GT three fifty. It's in our bottom twenty-five for this year. Hmm. Um, so it's not that that car is n- any less con- collectible. It's just uh, it didn't perform above the market this year. We also have the mid-year uh, Corvettes that are in there and the first-gen Dodge Challenger. Yeah, that's market. weird to say all those cars are totally iconic, to have any negative about them. But again, it's it's just the, the momentum in the market. But I'll tell you what, the um, new surge of car person is looking for a more affordable option. Right. Um, there's less muscle buyers out there because, like we talked about in uh, our Porsche conversation a few weeks back, um, car guys just want to bolt on car parts and, and be able to manip- manipulate cars and get them for cheap. And um, So there's less buyers in the market that are looking for expensive muscle well, buyers. Well, this is reflective. We talked about Porsches, as you said. 90 to 94, that 964 body has kind of leveled off briefly according to this. Yeah. And they were. For a while, they were a great buy. And then they took a big punch up, and now it looks like they may have plateaued for a little bit. Well, I'll tell you something else about a Porsche on that made uh, an appearance on this list. The uh, 76 through the 89 911, that's the turbo 930 yep. car. Widowmaker. Um, so it's still up over um, 100000 right now, yeah, yeah. but it's a dip in the market. I think it's a good time to buy that car. You know what I like about this is that you know, you you watch. We're all car guys. We watch certain ones, and maybe one of your favorites is softening a little bit. And now you go, "Wow, this is great! A great time to go snag one." Yeah, and I, I think that car is very indicative of that. Oh yeah, yeah. It's gonna it's gonna bounce back. There is a uh, nine thirty that just hit the market with only eight thousand miles on it. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, and go of course, it, all of this you can uh, you can go look at the Haggerty website, haggerty.com, and go look at their valuation tool. That's a great one. And you can look at all. You can look up any car you want. I mean, it, the database is probably the same one you guys use for intro, so it's virtually everything. It's pretty vast. Uh, we try and we're always um, evolving it, and adding cars, and, and putting as much information as we can into it. And and just looking for these articles. This uh, this information came out in an article by uh, Brandon Gilogli. Um, so that I am not the brain behind these numbers. All right. Well, Sean Walker, Haggerty Insurance. Thanks for coming on, and we will talk to you next time. Thanks, guys. Uh, Andy Prio driving for Ford Chip Ganassi Racing, and this is Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. Hmm? Welcome back to the show. Didn't did Andy Prio, who just brought us back, did he spend some time with Carlin? Uh, no. I was thinking um, he did. I don't know why. 
he but but he was he was he he lived at Silverstone. He lived in a caravan at Silverstone for a long time. In, His story in is in a caravan. Fun. Yeah, I in a RV. RV. Yeah, RV. I knew that there was a slight but he lived word at the circuit. He was there. a gentleman he, on wheels. He taught people to drive Ginettas, uh, and that was how he made his living. Ah. He sold his house and moved to the RV so he could continue his racing, and now is a four-time world champion. The Ginettas, they keep popping up. I love Don't those they? Little, little British muscle cars. Hey, not uh, hey, you mean the champions of both... <laughs> Which Trans Am 3 and Trans Am 4. Oh, that's right. That is so funny that the British muscle car won Trans Am 3 and, and 4. And <laughs> Brazilian g- girl driver. I love it. She's lovely. Uh, so it wasn't a Camaro. It wasn't a Mustang. It wasn't a Challenger. Well, they, they, to be fair, they race in the in the TA and the TA2 class. So. Ah, okay. Well, no wonder. This was more production-based. But, hey, there was American cool production car, man. There was Vi- She beat Vipers. She beat, you know, she did it all. Yeah, well, hey, guys, we got Bobby Epstein coming on here in just a minute. And... Uh, you know, one thing I want to make, we were talking about this this uh, magazine that came out with this saying that the United States Grand Prix was the best Grand Prix on the planet for Formula One. And um, we want to ask him about all that. But, you know, if remember this a few years ago, guys, the Sports Business Daily Journal, I think it's called. And you know, that's the one that's been around in here in the United States for decades. I don't know how long, 50 years. They named COTA the, the event, the sporting event of the year. And that's across, that's not just all Grand Prix, that's across all sports, across, you know, Super Bowls, World Series, you name it. And Circuit of the Americas won that one. I, I'll have to look up what year, but I think it was like 14, 13 or 14 when Coda won that award. So that was a huge deal too. But but we're really excited because we have our next guest on the line, the gentleman here in Austin who founded and runs Circuit of the Americas, Bobby Epstein. Bobby, welcome back to Speed City. Thanks. We appreciate Thanks you coming on. on. You bet. Happy holidays, sir. Likewise. And congratulations, number one. Hit, hit the charts again for Christmas at number one, uh, the Austin <laughs> Grand Prix. <laughs> um, was that a surprise or not? Well... You had a combination of of things that all came together. I can't imagine they could have chosen anyone else on one <laughs> hand, but of course I'm biased. So it's uh it's a nice it's a nice thing. It it uh it really goes to say as much about Austin and the people in Austin and, and the whole show that's put on at Coda uh and marrying that with a great race this year from a competition standpoint. It it just makes sense. Well, I know I I chuckle because you are biased, of course, but the criteria are too, <laughs> and we are too, of course. But when you look down the criteria, you talk about all the things that they looked at, including you know we know the music has been fantastic, but the track, the city, all the different criteria. Yeah, I I, I agree with you. It's hard to argue with against Coda when you look at all the criteria. No, I think we've heard it from the teams, and that's one of the things people I I, I think don't appreciate, or at least. Um, it, it's it's nice for us to know it, but it's it's great for others to hear. Which is the teams have always listed Austin as one of the top two places they go. It it comes down from everything from their experience when they walk out of the hotel and the fact that everyone's close together that the city embraces it now. I mean, the city really has gotten behind this in a way that that where they've gone from fearing it to embracing it over the course of the years, and then to their experience at the track. And so. Uh, you know, we've heard it from the drivers. We've heard it from team members. We also we hear everything from the team members. If the bathroom's not clean enough, they let us know. <laughs> if the food's no good, we hear about it. So, and to hear them compliment things, uh, they're not they're not easy critics. 
Yeah, I can imagine. Uh, how much is the, the announcement of Indy m- very much the icing on the cake for what have you and your team have been working for? Yeah, I think I think it's been something that's been coming for quite a while, and we wanted to wait until um, it made just complete sense for both parties. And I think IndyCar and the things that they're doing, I think they're doing some great things with the series. Uh, you see a lot of drivers that are that are gravitating towards it, and and the people that are running it, I think, are doing a great job of of building the building back in, in reality some of the things that that Indy had lost in terms of some luster, or some of the attention that it it didn't deserve to lose. I got to ask you a question in terms of, I mean, you know, we we at the start of the program we talked about Liberty and how you know they've talked about wanting to do street circuits. How are you finding having effectively um, Formula One run by Americans now? Uh, does it make um, your job a little bit easier in terms of communication and understanding of what you're trying to do as a promoter and uh, and putting the event on? You know, in reality, it doesn't. Liberty bought a business that. Uh, they they weren't familiar with, and it's not an easy one. And the way Bernie had structured the business takes some time to to get to know whether you're an American, a European, or an Asian. I think you step into something that's one of a kind and unusual, and it's not uh, it's not something anyone's been prepared or or you could have done anything necessarily to prepare yourself for. So it's nice it's nice that we have liberty from the standpoint of being Americans that you think they have an American view towards it and they want to grow it in the U.S. But in terms of making it an easier transition or easier for us, that's something we really haven't experienced. Bobby, I know the contract's coming up in a couple more years, but uh, I know that there's several tracks that are going through their negotiation for their new contracts. How do you feel about uh, the changes that you're going to face when it comes time to sit down at the table with them? Well, I think we like the Miami deal. but. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, we'll we'll see if that we'd like that model to work we'd like to see other places try it have it work so they get some uh, comfort around a a revenue sharing model and I think that that makes a lot of sense for the business at this point I think uh, it's a tremendous capital and infrastructure investment and to put one on and the temporary costs as well are just massive and so to have a partner in it that that would look to rev share uh, as part of the fee uh, is something we'd absolutely welcome. But there's a few guinea pigs to go for, before us first, and, and, and we'll see how they do the <laughs> yeah, motors. Yeah, I'm going to say that. That's actually probably the biggest plus of all, yeah. I, I got to talk, yeah. I, I often uh, um, talk about how racing tracks don't um, rely solely on one event a year, because if they did, they'd be out of business pretty soon. The Formula One obviously is massive. Indy's going to be massive. But, I mean, just talk a little bit about some of the other projects, the Winter Wonderland. I was at the Barton Creek uh, Mall today and saw the, the carding advertised. Um, you've obviously got uh, Bold FC starting uh, March 30th. Um, Ooh, yeah. So, yeah, soccer, yeah. soccer, which is, uh, I was there at the groundbreaking, which is great. But talk about some of the other projects that people may not be as aware of. Sure. Well, the karting track for sure is is something that we yeah. have really brought online full time this year that people have taken to, and and that's continuing to grow. And we see a lot more. Uh, I, you know, over half the people that come out are, are corporate and private parties, and that's been something we've really wanted to get to. Uh, we looked at how do we use utilize the track year round, and the track rental's been terrific. The track itself, not the karting track. The karting track's been great too, but the track itself was doing less than two percent of its business in sort of corporate and group 
activities. And we really want to create something that's content that you can come out and just have a two hour or three hour experience where anyone can drive. Uh, it's, it's easy. It's fun. You know, Austin's the number two destination in the country. We hear for bachelor party and bachelorette parties, so we want to see them all out. <laughs> we want to create the five to we really look, look at the five to eight o'clock zone as an opportunity to to put some more programming in that anyone can enjoy, not just the the serious fan, but just the person who wants to come out and and have some fun. So that's one of the areas, and then all the other programming we can do by virtue of having parking lots and concession stands and restrooms. We're we're game to anything. So whether it's festivals um, or you know, the, the, this, this structure for the bold that's going in and, and we're excited about that soccer starting in March and the team we've put together is absolutely world-class several world cup players, um, a couple of players that have played in finals, some real stars from Brazil and Mexico and, and some former MLS and inspiring MLS players. Uh, it's a great group. and I think it'll be a lot of fun. And that's the idea is just how do we do things where people have fun? And that's one of the things you mentioned, Winter Wonderland. We'll have 10,000 people out there tonight, we hope, to see Gosh. something that's that's just meant for uh, families and, and to have a good time. And it appeals to all generations. And we got to get the kids out there because if they come out, if somebody comes out for music or they come out to see Winter Lights or for a Tough Mudder athletic competition, they're going to see the track and they're going to want to come back. And it's it's how do you build future fans? And that's that's what a lot of this is about. Well, we've been talking to Bobby Epstein and brought him on because we talked the, the news from the Rev Journal picking Circuit of the Americas as the best Grand Prix of the calendar for Formula One. But, Bobby, you guys have done this before. I was right before you came on, I was talking about the sports business, Street Smith Sports Business Journal. You guys, in, it was to 2012, where you guys won the sporting event of the year, you know, above the Super Bowl, the Grand, you know, the anything, any sport. That was amazing, too. So, congratulations on that, on this one. And all the success that Circuit of the Americas has, I know you you guys have really grown this into something that really connects with the Austin community, which is what we've been hoping for this whole time. And congratulations on all of that. You know, Bobby's always fun. Thank you. Oh, absolutely. Big kudos on everything that's happened and continuing. But I know this is about the time Bobby starts thinking about music for USGP. <laughs> Do you have any whispers to say, Bobby, about who you're thinking about for the next year's? <laughs> What's what's great is the number of people that make suggestions. Yeah, I'll bet. And, uh, <laughs> well, you know I will. <laughs> what about IndyCar? Will, will you try to do oh, something yeah. similar for Indy? We got a huge one. See, this is a problem. We got to talk to our marketing department that you're asking me this. We have Muse for IndyCar. Oh, oh right. yeah, we do oh, that. Gosh, we nah, do that. We that, do that. Okay, front row. I'm there. <laughs> All right. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. We got a big one. It's a good combination because it gives it. It allows someone to say, uh, you know, you don't just have to be only about racing to want to come out and have fun. And that's the idea. Yeah. So I want to, I just want to stop and thank you guys for being a part of this from the beginning and help build it. And, and this year's award and everything that goes along with it has, is it also a tribute to the effort you've done to raise the profile of this event and, and pay attention to racing and the circuit and, and just for all you've done, I really appreciate it. Oh, thanks, Bobby. Thanks, Bobby. Yeah. Seven years we've been going. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Bobby. We appreciate it. Fantastic. My pleasure. I'm going to leave my hint on the outro music here. <laughs> He's going to leave his suggestion. Yeah. Fair enough. Well, Suggestions. Bobby, Bobby Epstein, Circuit of the Americas, thank you very much for coming on again. And uh, we will talk to you soon, I'm sure. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Happy holidays. Happy holidays, sir.
Hey, beer people, it's Christine Sellers. And I'm Daytona. Sellers Brewery is back in Austin and brewing again. Oh, Sellers doesn't ring a bell for some of you? Well, for the last 17 years, we've been crafting the perfect comeback. We've returned to our roots with Sellers White, a famous local favorite. Plus, we're creating some fresh new brews. And whether it's the first time you've tasted our family's legendary beer, or the millionth, we're thrilled to be back. Swing by your local store, watering hole, or our brewery, and let's catch up over beers. Sellers, Austin's original craft brewery. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers. The best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride. Or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at DucatiAustin.com. Talk 1370. Hello, I'm Felipe Massa, and this is Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. Oh, that's is this is this your hint for no the, no the, no for, the, the, for the United States Grand Prix the for other 2019? One was Bruce Snoop Dogg. <laughs> Snoop Dogg. Uh, I have memories of hearing that song in the car going to Christmas. Of with, course. Yeah, oh my gosh, that's ridiculous. It was like it started playing before Thanksgiving. If you had kids. <laughs> well, hey, I'm excited about our next guest, and Les, oh, I yeah. want you to introduce our next guest. All righty. We have a new event coming to the Circuit of the Americas. Always gets us excited to throw in another item on the calendar. What's so special about this one is you can be involved in many ways. Yeah, certainly as a spectator, but you can get behind the wheel of your own car and go do this. This is the Super Lap Battle USA event coming up, and it is at the end of February. It is phenomenal. But uh, we've got Jason Deinhart on Phone with us just to get a real handle on what's going on. Hey, Jason, happy holidays. Welcome to Speed City. Hey, happy to be here. How are you guys doing today? Yeah. Great. How are you? Doing I'm doing, doing well. Doing well. All right. So uh, I was telling the guys about this event and how cool it is, and it's got an international connection to it that you are working up. Uh, why don't you give a good uh, official introduction to the event, and uh, what's the big picture of it? Um. Well, it's called uh, Superlight Battle USA, and the plan is is to make it an annual uh, competition uh, at COTA, um, hopefully February and March of every year, um, you know, starting February 16th and 17th, 2019. Um, if you guys aren't familiar with Time Attack, or maybe if your audience isn't, you know, I'm sure they understand what time trials are and, and people qualifying and whatnot. Um, and that's what it might look to the layman out there, um, is that they're kind of qualifying all day. But what they're really doing is... It's they're racing against the clock, and uh, they're competing for fastest lap times. And uh, depending upon what class that you're in, and of course, you know, overall fastest is king of the track for that weekend, and really for the year for bragging rights and whatnot. Um, already, we've got interest from about 85 teams from all over North America right now, wow. including Canada wow. and Mexico. Probably only going to take about 60, 65. Because um, I want to control it, and you know, I, I want to do you know high quality builds and whatnot, and not just um, a quantity of cars. Plus, we've got a lot of other things that I'm working on with some partners that will take up a little bit of track time. We've got um, a local outfit, Rally Ready, which is uh, Texas Dave's going to bring out some of his rally cars oh, yeah. and do a demo. 
Um, we also have got uh, Aaron from Lone Star Drift. He's going to be cool. holding drift demos and, and drift ride-alongs throughout the day. Um, and we also just inked the deal with World Challenge, and TC America is going to be holding an open test there oh. and running a few of their cars nice. within our time attack sessions as they're getting ready for their event the weekend after ours. So we're kind of trying to create this little bit of a race week situation, um, which I'm pretty excited about, which is really cool. Um, and I don't know if we touched on it, but what's really cool about it this first year is that it's going to be free admission. We want to get everybody in the local area out there from Austin and the surrounding cities. Right. Come down, experience Coda, and experience what Time Attack is all about. Are they going and to be able to walk into the paddock and, and get up close and see these things? Yeah, that's the neat thing about um, about Time Attack is it's kind of similar to drag racing in that sense. With the way that the events are usually set up, it's, it's, it's really accessible. Um, you know, we, we really feel like we're, um, you know, it's an underdog kind of a movement. And, uh, you know, we want to you know, we want to make it as accessible as possible and, and try to reach as many people as possible and teach them about what we do and um, about how amazing that these builds are. A lot of these, most of these people are all backyard builds, if you want to put it like that, you know, um, sole proprietors, owners of shops, people that work at shops around the country. And a lot of times it's a team effort. It might be a group of three to eight individuals, possibly each that has, you know, different uh, expertise, maybe an engine builder, a suspension person, a driver, you know, a team manager, um, someone that sets the car up. And again, it's like this collaborative team effort in order to get the fastest lap time that you can cool. at any given track throughout the year. And that's what makes Time Attack real special. Well, I'm, I'm looking at uh, superlapbattleusa.com, skimming through these rules. And uh, it's got to be a production-built car, you know, something that came from a factory at one point. But, uh, yes. And you got to have uh, the floor pan, you know, so... It looks like you could bring a vet if you wanted, right? Oh yeah, you could bring oh, yeah, a thousand. Yeah. We, we allow we allow V eights and everything. You could bring um, a, a thousand horsepower Viper, maybe a Porsche nine eighteen. Are those good? <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, we've got a lot of thousand horsepower cars. Can uh, uh, no? Can Jonathan no bring his horsepower? Can Jonathan bring his Prius? <laughs> <laughs> he could. You know what's funny is that uh, at um, at a global time attack competition, which is a series that I run which kind of helps lead up to the Super Lap Battle event at COTA. Um, back at Button Willow in California in November was the last event that we had, or competition, I should say. And uh, Cameron Rogers, I think his name is, brought out a Tesla and ran it in um, what we call the enthusiast-level class and ended up getting second place. And uh, Wow. I was just about to ask finding, about electric. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We ended, up, we ended up realizing that we didn't have it written into the rules yet about allowing electric cars in someone called him out on it you know we ended up talking to him about it and it ended up being this kind of firestorm that happened on the internet because um you know, we <laughs> thought if, uh, together we thought it would be funny to pull them off the podium you know like while we're giving the awards <laughs> and saying hey you know this isn't legal we're going to pull you off and we were all in on it and we thought it was funny but you know the internet grabbed a hold of it and it was all over the place and we looked as if like we were against electric cars <laughs> and whatnot which we're not by any means at all but we did Ready fast changed the rules for 2019, and we do allow electric cars in all the classes. They just uh, it's going to be looked upon as a as a stereotypical, you know, power plant like gas engines and whatnot. And as long as they fit within the aero and um, tire uh, limitations, then that will determine what class that they're in. 
So oh, excited yeah, for this, guys. Out. You could bring a Prius out. <laughs> okay, but and can I bring my Spanish friend, Fred Fred Alonso, out? Um, he, go, he goes, <laughs> yeah, because he's he, he's yeah, got nothing to do. He's nothing to do, and he's he's kind of not that busy. And um, yeah, so I, I can have Fred drive at least until May. Okay, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, Fair enough. We, we right before Jason, right before you came on, we had Bobby Epstein on from Circuit of the Americas, and we were just talking about how how they've really filled up the calendar, connected with the community, doing all these cool things. But this is another perfect example of the dream that we had when we first thought of, when we first heard about Circuit of the Americas. Yeah, we thought definitely. of all the different things you could do. And this is a great example. I think this is a perfect fit and love this idea. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm super excited about it. We've been talking about, um, in the time attack community, um, you know, it's the moment that the doors opened at Coda, um, it's, it's, it's a dream scenario to have somebody hold a competition there. Um, and we've been, you know, kind of waiting for the right time. And, um, it, I, we feel like 2019 is a good time to start, uh, and make it an annual thing there. And I, I, I can't wait until like year two and year three and see how this thing grows. Um, the biggest time attack competition in the world is called world time attack challenge or WTAC. It happens in Australia at Sydney motorsports park every October, for the last 10 years or so. And it's a true international competition. The best competitors that run in our time attack in North America go out there each year in October to compete against the world's best from Japan, from other places in Asia, from Europe, and of course, from a lot of the teams from Australia. Ian Baker puts on an amazing event over there. Um, I went out there, met with him. We were at the event in October out in Australia and, and was able to watch it firsthand. And it's really kind of gave me the shot in the arm and the inspiration to kind of pull the trigger and say, let's, let's make the Super Lot Battle USA event happen. Um, we want to work in unison with WTAC in a sense to where we will always hold our CODA Super Lot Battle in February or March. So teams internationally will have the time to be able to book their cars um, to both competitions and still have time in the middle of the year to do things in their home countries. And we hope in year two, meaning in 2020, to have at least four international teams and kind of set that spark and start to create an international competition here at Coda. I, I love that. I am loving it. Folks, yeah. check it out. It it's is free too. Yeah, it's free attendance. February 16th through 7th and 17th. Uh, yes, Super, Lap, Super Lap Battle USA.com. Check out all yeah. the details there. You got all your specs and your class breakdown so you can figure out where to put that Prius or that Corvette or Tesla in. Hey, did I see? Did I see you guys are going to stream this? I, I saw yeah, some sort stream, of streaming. Yeah. Yes, we are going to live stream. That will also be, um, you know, available like on your mobile platform and on your computer and whatnot, and, and that'll be free of charge as well. Um, we do pretty good with our live streams. We get a pretty good audience around the world watching this. Huh, um, that's cool. It's, it's pretty cool. Is you know people that are you know, like anything else. You know, if you consider yourself a time attacker, then you live, breathe, and, and bleed this stuff. So. When it's available to watch, you watch it, you know, and, and, and you're captivated. And we really appreciate the audience and the fans out there. And we hope to give them something special each year and give them a reason to come out to Austin and make an annual trip with us and let's fill that place up. That's awesome. Well, Jason, we also appreciate you. I know you guys are going to do a little sponsorship with us, and I appreciate that. And uh, yep. we appreciate what you're doing here because we love it. Yeah, hey, welcome hey, this aboard. Is, this is awesome. Uh, yeah. Jason, thank you so much for coming on SuperLapBattleUSA.com. We look forward to seeing you guys next year and at the event. And uh, I'm certain we'll talk to you soon. Yes, thank you guys for the opportunity. You guys have a great weekend and happy holidays. You too. Bye, buddy. All righty. All right, guys. We just got about a minute left in our I final show of 2018. Yeah, that's a cool event. 
I'm kind of ready for 18 to be over. Look at all this cool stuff coming up in 19. Can can we just kind of skip forward a little? I know it's true. I I I've got 20 seconds to say my favorite drive Hamilton at Singapore. My favorite uh, result Dixon winning the IndyCar and Toyota winning Le Mans finally <laughs> with Alonso. Oh man, I I gotta say. Uh, very, very relieved this week. I saw a nice tweet from Sophia Flourish yes. that uh, she's doing yeah. very well. And and honestly, I can't think much past that. Hmm. Yeah. My favorite news of the year is an easy one. That's IndyCar coming to Coda. Yes! That, that, that's too easy. Uh, my favorite drives, the Haas F1 team continuing their, their ascent in Formula One, and I hope that continues. Those are the... That's the two big for me for 2018, for sure. Three Americans in the Toyota Series, yeah. including Cameron Das, who we spoke to earlier. Please stay tuned. We will bring you as much of the action and interviews and uh, introduce you to all the drivers. Uh, there's some returning, like Cameron, like uh, Lucas Auer from DTM coming in there. So it's a really competitive field this year, uh, and it's going to be fun. Join us. Yeah. All right, guys. And if you uh, listen to us on the podcast and like either iTunes or whatever, go out there and give us a thumbs up, a like, a review on iTunes. Tell somebody. Yeah. And uh, go to our website. Go to all of our social media. We do content. We'll be we'll be off next week. We'll have a best of, but we'll be back in 2019. And you guys have a great Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Happy New Year, gang. Happy trails. Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion.